I also just like speaking out loud gives you that feedback. So speak from day one is like a really powerful thing. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be speaking to another person. You can just speak out loud and you can hear yourself. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 133. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hey there, language lovers, Shannon Kennedy here, along with Benny Lewis for a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. And in this episode today, we are talking to Zach, who learned Spanish with us as a part of the Fluent in Three Months Challenge and is now one of our community coaches. So let's dive straight in. Zach, tell us how your language learning journey got started. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a that's a deep question. Um I would probably say Sesame Street when I was a kid, you know, learning how to count to 10 in Spanish. I loved that. Um, and then when I started going to school, you know, I took classes in school for French. Um, didn't take Spanish. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't stick with the uh, uno, dos, tres uh, at the time. But yeah, I took, uh, took French in middle school and high school. And um, after that, I was always uh, interested in learning languages. I got... Um, a job delivering pizzas and I got some Pimsleur Japanese CDs. So I learned some Japanese. And then one of the other drivers, he had gone to college for Japanese. And of course he didn't know how to speak it, but he still had all the books. <laughs> so he gave me some of his college books from Japanese. And um, yeah, I did that for a while. So I kind of, kind of dipped in and out of languages. I, I, my first time I got Duolingo was in 2014 and I dipped into Spanish and Italian a few times, but never like stuck with it enough. Always was interested in languages and always, you know, I always love listening to music. I always love listening to music and listening to world music in different languages has always been part of my life. So there's that too, other than just Sesame Street. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always been kind of infused in my life and I've always wanted to learn. And yeah, never like just quite kind of, kind of dipped my toes in here and there throughout my life. And then finally, when came to the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, I actually got for real serious. <laughs> and yeah, actually learned a language to the point where I could speak it to people now. So that's pretty cool. So uh, based on a whole life of kind of dipping your toes here and there into languages, and then like you said, taking it a lot more seriously in the challenge, what do you think was the biggest difference? Because you clearly have that passion for languages. So what changed during the challenge that pushed you to actually make uh, significant progress? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, before I joined the challenge, I thought the thing I needed was a person who spoke the language I wanted to learn. And then I actually got neighbors who spoke Spanish from Mexico and I still wasn't like doing it. <laughs> so I think the really, the really big thing that helped me uh, was the community of the challenge. And also just like my mindset going into the challenge, I was 100% about it. I was like, I'm going to do this. I didn't really know what I was getting into. I didn't know a lot about how the challenge worked. I didn't even know there was going to be a big community or a dream team or anything like that. Um, but I was like, I'm just going to do whatever they say. And I think there was an email. I don't remember who it was from. Uh, one of the coaches or something. They were basically, or maybe it was a, a previous challenger quote or something, but it was like, they said, just do everything that they tell you. All the emails Shannon says, all the assignments, just do all that stuff and, and you'll have success. So I was like, I'm just going to do all of this. And so that really helped. And especially when it was like, 
got to the weeks where we had to start talking to more people and you had to have the assignment where you're speaking to like five new people. And then I just started booking e-talky tutors. I got like three that I liked and I just, so from like week three to the end of the challenge, I had three tutor lessons every week. And I just like bought packets of lessons and booked them all in advance, which I think really helped me because then it's like I committed to it. I think that, so it was kind of the community push to get me to, to just dive in and book those Italki lessons and then just showing up and, you know, having fun talking to people. So yeah, I think the community support was really the biggest, the biggest thing. Being surrounded by people who were hungry to learn languages. I think a lot of times in my life, I've been surrounded by people who weren't that hungry to learn, I guess I'll say. They, they want to do other things. So being surrounded by a bunch of people that are excited to learn and sharing their journeys and their tips and their struggles and everything was really motivational to me. So in your introduction, you shared that you had some experience learning both Japanese and Spanish, but when you took part in the challenge, you made the decision to learn Spanish. And this is a question that we often get with people who kind of have a background with multiple languages or an interest in multiple language. And that's how did you choose to settle yeah, on Spanish the main as the language thing you were focusing was on? Was my neighbors being from Mexico? Um, it's funny. Before that, I was right before I got into the, like the year before I did the challenge, I was actually studying Italian because my partner, she works for a, a granite company and they get a lot of stone uh, from Italy. So she was trying to learn Italian so she could like do better at her job and speak to the Italian people. And so I was learning Italian, but she wasn't really uh, doing it as much and she didn't get to speak as much Italian with the, the people who are Italian that are involved with the company. So it wasn't like panning out. And yeah, my neighbors, they're just, they're so nice. And the, the woman, Mari, she doesn't, she speaks English very well, but she doesn't understand a lot of what you say. And she really likes to speak Spanish. And I could tell she's really funny. And when she speaks Spanish, like people laugh and she just seems like she's having a good time when she speaks Spanish. And she's not having as good a time when she speaks English. So I just wanted to uh, be a better friend and kind of get to know my neighbors better and get in on, on the jokes. <laughs> And something else that you were saying in your intro is that music has been such a big passion of yours. And that I'm curious, how did you use that and incorporate music during yeah, the challenge also to help you with your question. Spanish? Uh, one thing I do all the time is like part of my morning routine. I take a shower and, you know, clean myself. And um, I, I would play Spanish music, play music in Spanish every day. Like, so no matter what else happened that day, I listen to music in Spanish. And, you know, and really like over it, that was a great thing because it helped me kind of feel my progress along the way, because I will keep listening to my Spanish playlist. I'd add new songs to it. But as I heard more songs and throughout the challenge and I was speaking to people more, I started getting more from the songs and that really helped. And then I've also I'm even now I'm learning a Spanish song. So like learning a song in Spanish, like you get those lyrics in your head and then you're just like repeating them all the time. And you really squeeze a lot out of a small amount of vocabulary with songs. Um, and it's just one thing you said, Benny, actually, that really changed me uh, was um, you said to practice whatever it is that makes you excited to practice again. And music is definitely like uh, that, like gave me permission to be like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to just use this music. I don't have to 
learn this language some kind of dry, boring way that seems like, oh, this is how you learn a language. Um, so it really helped open me up to just being like, yeah, this is a cool thing to do. I'm, I'm, I'm actually practicing my language by listening to this music and having fun singing the lyrics and stuff. That's not just, uh, that's not something that you should be hard on yourself because you didn't actually like study hardcore or something. Um, so it definitely kept me consistent with my streak and definitely kept me enjoying all the stuff I was doing. So you don't just listen to music as a language learning tool. You're also a musician and you are also a coach to people who are pursuing a music career. And I'm curious to know if you've noticed any parallels between learning music, yeah, pursuing music um, as a career. They're basically and the same thing. <laughs> um, so much like going through the challenge actually changed a lot of the way I responded to people learning music because it's very much a similar process learning music. It's, it's a language. You know, and I've always thought that about music as a universal language. And a lot of the things that have to do with memory and flow and just enjoying it. And it's all very, very ties in with music and language. Like language is just like a group of sounds and symbols that allows us to express ourselves. And that so music fits that definition of being a language. And yeah, it's just they're they're totally infused. My life is totally like music and languages. I, some, I, I, I only know English and Spanish, but I like to say that I'm the polyglot party producer because that's kind of my language. My, one of my goals with learning languages is to host party with people from different countries and I can be like the host of the party and talk to people in their language. So it's really like they fuel each other. I noticed that learning language just makes me better at learning music and vice versa. And yeah, it's very similar. And I think people that learn languages have a similar struggles to people that learn music and definitely the community aspect and sharing, communicating. So if you're learning a language, you're communicating by conversing and talking to people. If you're learning music, you communicate by sharing with music with other people and listening to them and responding. So it's all a conversation too. It's all about listening. I think for both music and languages, it's really key. Um, and you should almost maybe spend twice as much time listening as you do uh, speaking. <laughs> especially in a conversation with someone else, it can be very beneficial to just listen a lot more than, than you speak. And in a musical setting too, if you're jamming with people, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you need to do a lot more listening probably than you need to do playing, especially if you want to respond like gracefully and musically. And I kind of think that way when I, when I speak to people, I, I think about it being like a flow and a musical flow of a conversation. So it's a lot about listening and responding. And it's also very emotional. Both are emotional. Uh, you know, people say stuff makes you feel ways. People <laughs> play melodies to sing melodies. It makes you feel ways. And it's been really cool, like learning Spanish because a lot of Spanish speakers, they love music. And I've learned so much about music from like the e-talkie tutors. I, def I looked for people that were into music and said things about music in their introduction and stuff. So I got introduced to a lot of music from them. And they were also interested in hearing my music. So it was cool. Kind of got to share some of my music like global. <laughs> and actually, that reminds me, one of, the, um, one of the reasons I did also get more into Spanish was because on Instagram, I had people from Spain liking my, I, I do DJ videos, and they were commenting and liking my videos and sending me messages and telling me I had fans in Spain. So I was like, okay, 
I got to learn, I got to learn Spanish so I can go to Spain and party with these people. <laughs> so something you were saying earlier, um, that's been a, a big key to your success was consistency. And I don't think anybody needs to be convinced of the power of consistency. And it's something that comes up quite a lot in our conversations with language learners. But during the challenge, you actually had a series of nay days because of work and travel uh, that would have kind of put a barrier in your consistency. And yet you were able to get back on top of things. So I know some people can keep up their um, their trends for uh, for a very long time. I know, Shannon, you've got like thousands of days in, in some of your apps or something <laughs> that you haven't broken. But sometimes that does happen. Not quite that, but you still have very, very high numbers uh, that you're able to maintain. Um, but, uh, if, if you run into these situations where you do have work and travel get in the way and you lose that consistency, how have you been motivated to get it back up and not feel like, oh, I've lost this day by day trend that I built up? Um, like how do you push back, push beyond those mental barriers that maybe I should just give up because I've lost my consistency over the last few months? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's something that I think that I work on a lot, um, just personally, like a mindset thing, uh, which is just accepting myself and where I'm at. And also being grateful for all the time I put in before that two weeks. You know, like, that's just two weeks. That's not that much. Like, yeah, maybe I could think about it like, man, if I had practiced those two weeks, I would have got X amount better of some, like... <laughs> Like two weeks isn't, isn't that long of a time. So I just like accept myself and keep going. And, you know, it's like no one is really going to like be mad at me. Uh, no, I'm the only person that is in charge of whether or not I feel bad about that. Everyone else is going to be, you know, seeing where I'm at with my skills. And they're not going to be like, well, you didn't practice for two weeks. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I'm just like pretty chill about it in general. Um, and it's fun and I get hungry for it. So part of it is like when I don't engage with the language I and I don't practice, I, I'm like, I need to do this and I get more hungry for it um, when, I'm, when I'm on that break. And yeah, you know, it's just, I like to meditate and um, <laughs> do yoga and stuff. I don't, that doesn't necessarily sound directly related, but I think it really just helps be in the moment because every day I wake up, I have the option of, of doing something, you know, and I can make the decision to, to practice my Spanish today, whether or not I practice Spanish, you know, at all for at any other time. And like I said before, like I've, I've dipped in my toes. So like when I did the challenge earlier this year and I opened Duolingo and I looked at my Spanish and it said first joined in 2014. So there'd been times where I practiced Spanish for a month or two and then not do it for two years, not do it for three years. So two weeks compared to two or three years, it's like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and also the chat, you know, being in the challenge, um, and being honest about posting your, the nays and people respond well to that. And they say, Hey, it's okay. Like get back up, keep going. So also having that community of support again and, and being honest and being open. And that's also something that I've been working on too, is like just asking for help and kind of being more open and vulnerable and being honest with where I'm at and being like, it's okay. Like, 
it's kind of like this, uh, it's like a duality thing. Like, yeah, I missed two weeks. Yeah, maybe I could have done a little bit better, but I also know that I can still do way better. I have way more weeks to go. There's, <laughs> there's plenty more, more Spanish to learn and, and speak about. And it's not that big of a deal. I um, recently learned about this African uh, river of rhythm. And the way they view rhythm is that it's always going on. And you just choose to dip into it whenever you want to like express yourself with music. And it's not like this firm structure that has a beginning and end. So I kind of like to approach my language learning in a way like that. It's kind of like a lazy river. Like it's always there. And if I want to just jump in and, and go with the flow, then I can do it. And it's not like if I don't jump in for a couple of weeks, it's going to be closed off to me. I know that it's going to be fun <laughs> when I get back into it. That's like, Going through the challenge the first time, it made me learn so many new ways to, to learn languages and to engage with languages. So it just makes it really fun. It's like, if I don't see my girlfriend for two weeks, am I going to be mad at myself? No, I'm going to be excited to see her. When I, <laughs> so it's kind of like I have that love and I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I know that doesn't help me. That's also just like a logic thing. Like I logically know that being hard on myself about missing two weeks doesn't help me learn languages. What helps me learn languages is to get back in there and start speaking to people and just having fun with it. So a little bit earlier in one of your answers, you had mentioned that you use the criteria of whether or not a tutor on italki listed music somewhere in their profile as an interest uh, for selecting who you studied with. But I know from experience with you that you also have other sorts of criteria and things that you consider when choosing italki tutors. And for someone who hasn't studied with a tutor, the number of possibilities and options can be overwhelming. So can you talk a little bit about your process for choosing who is the right tutor for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one, I'm a DJ. So like part of being a DJ is just listening to a lot of music and just being okay with spending like some hours digging through a bunch of options that might not be that great. Um, so that's kind of like the resolve. I'm just going to look through a lot of tutors. Uh, and I didn't put any kind of like pressure on myself to, to like do it in a certain amount of time. I definitely gave myself some space to, to look through a lot of people over the course of a few days, maybe even more, just like randomly throughout the day, I would like just watch a few more italki uh, intro videos. I really like to watch the intro videos because a lot of it is a gut thing. Like I watch their videos and if I feel like I'm, I like their personality and I feel like they would be good for me and good to learn with, then I would heart them. You can heart on italki. And then after I had a bunch hearted, then I kind of went through that and narrowed it down. And I'm, I mean, price honestly was a factor. I definitely searched by who's going to be the most economical. <laughs> Uh, the most viable. And also, I did want um, a native speaker of Spanish. I look for Colombia and Mexico because those are like the two kind of accents that I was trying to get good at, you could say. Um, so I look for people in Mexico and Colombia. And I look for people that were low price and also highly rated. And just see, I think for me, the biggest factor, though, is just the gut thing about the personality, watching their video and seeing if they seem basically chill and cool and seem to have interested in things like I have interests of my own that I personally pursue. But I'm also just very interested in pretty much anything. If someone else has a, a passion for something and they have a lot of knowledge about something that's interesting, I, I want to hear about it. 
So definitely people that are, have seem to have like, you know, a personality that vibes with me and have cool interests that I would want to talk about. I think that uh, what helped me a lot in the challenge was thinking about um, like a topic or so to speak, like a body of information, like music. I like music. It's hard to be fluent in all of Spanish right off the bat. So it's easier to be, get a conversation going under kind of one topic. So that's why I wanted to look for people that were about music. So I can kind of focus on talking about music, but a lot of people are into music are also in other things. So there was definitely some crossover of other interests. And in terms of what you do between those spoken sessions with uh, the tutors that you found online, uh, you also have a method of talking to yourself. So how does this work and what kind of benefits do you see from uh, self-talk in terms of language learning? Yeah. Well, one benefit right off the bat is something that helped me that I started doing right away was just saying something I knew in Spanish, like just just all the time, gracias, abre la puerta, you know, like I would just say that and that helps me feel more like I'm a Spanish speaking person because I'm just constantly doing it, even if it's little words, because I'm sure like a native speaker, most of the word, like 50% of the time they're saying little short phrases and words. So that helped me, um, you know, just, just keep speaking the language. But then the, as far as the practice goes, so part of it is reflecting on the experience. Like when I go to talk to Taki Tutor and I'll reflect on that and I'll think about the moments that were challenging and maybe the moments where I didn't say something that maybe I wanted to say or I wish I could have expressed myself more about that, that topic. And then I'll use that to um, fuel the conversations with myself and try to like fill in those gaps if I need to look up some vocabulary or something. and. I also just like speaking out loud gives you that feedback. So speak from day one is like a really powerful thing. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be speaking to another person. You can just speak out loud and you can hear yourself. And I took acting class and forensics and stuff in high school. So I like to, you know, be two people and I find that to be helpful. It's also just fun. I think it's fun to kind of be acting and just be two people. Uh, I like that. I like dialogues. I like like making dialogues better than making monologues when I'm doing like scripts. I just think that's more fun. Whenever I uh, converse with someone, like I said, I like to be listening. I think that listening and paying attention to people's face too, if you can see them, is really important. So when I reflect on those sessions and I create dialogues based on that, it helps me be more in the moment when I go back and have another session because I've kind of practiced flowing with a dialogue. And instead of just being 100% in my own head and just thinking about it, uh, just getting it out into the world and expressing it. And you know, sometimes I dialogue with my cats. They don't speak back in Spanish, at least not yet, but you know, they're there. They can hear me. <laughs> so speaking of methods, there was another sort of method that you mentioned at one point and you called it NET, the no extra time concept or method. So can you talk a little bit more about what this is? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, Honestly, something that I've always done, even before I heard that that it was a thing called net. Um, I don't remember who I heard it from. Somebody that was talking about goal setting and productivity. <laughs> it might have been um, might have been Scott Young. I'm not sure, but no extra time. And it basically means that anytime you have a little gap in your day, you can practice something, and you can set yourself up for success with that by being a little bit more deliberate by choosing what you're going to practice in those moments. Um, another thing I like to call it is power sprinkles. So it's just like sprinkling a little bit of 
practice in, in throughout your day. Um, so depending on what kind of person you are, maybe power sprinkle is a, a more fun way. But uh, yeah, no extra time. So if I'm waiting in line, I think Anki uh, is great. I like I like that. It's a really easy one to just go to. Just to have some flashcard. There's you know a ton of other flashcard things on your phone. Um, just having something like that when you're, when you're waiting in line at the DMV or you know you're going to the bathroom. Like and we all do that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a really great one. Um, yeah, anytime there's extra moments. Sometimes, you know, if your partner is watching something on TV that you're not that interested in, you could uh, maybe do some flashcards on your phone. But uh, yeah, there's plenty of moments throughout the day and they can add up really like a um, little, little downtime moments. You're like, you know, I have a few moments right now. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I have I don't have a meeting for another 30 minutes. I'm just going to get get something to eat and maybe do some flashcards or listen to a podcast or, you know, play some more music or anything that you can put in there when there's some free moments. and. That's really great. Oh, another thing I've heard is called guerrilla practice, where it's just like you're throwing in a few minutes of this practice because that's all you can do. Sometimes life gets busy and all you can do is find these little pockets. You can't carve out an hour you know, to spend on something. So you got to find those little pockets. And if you find little pockets of five minutes a few times a day, you know, you're getting 15, 30 minutes added up. And that's pretty sweet. And it feels good too. And I also think that there's been some research shown that like random practice can be really beneficial to your memory. So rather than, it could be even better to like do short bursts randomly throughout the day than trying to do a hardcore one hour, two hours, depending on who you are and like where you're at and what you're trying to do. But it's definitely like very powerful. I, I think it can be like, nah, oh, that's a cute little thing you can do to throw in some extra practice, but does it really help that much? Yeah, it helps a lot. <laughs> so. Don't, uh, yeah, don't underestimate the power of the net. <laughs> and something else that you do, um, maybe not necessarily in these net uh, uh, random moments, but like intentionally using the uh, TV as your study time. So how, how does that work exactly? Like you were saying, sometimes TV can just be a distraction. If somebody else is watching something, you'll just use that as your Anki time. But how have you used TV shows in a beneficial way for your for your Spanish? Yeah, great. I love that. Um, well, first thing I did was uh, Netflix. I made a profile. My name is Zach, so I made a profile called Zacarias because that's what Mexican people call me. And then I set the default language to Spanish, so everything is shown in Spanish, even the descriptions, um, the little things above. And I already like kind of know what Netflix is like the menus options and the things uh in in English so then seeing them all in Spanish is really helpful and I also uh would watch I kind of I like to balance between watching things that are created in the native language like things that are actually made in Mexico and you know paying attention to their like their face and their movements and just getting exposed to that and then also watching things that I've already seen in English, but they're been uh, dubbed in Spanish. So mostly Cobra Kai, I would watch for that. And Cobra Kai is something that I like a lot and I watched it and it's pretty easy to follow. It's not like, you know, super advanced uh, storylines or anything. So uh, it was really awesome actually. I would uh, play it when I would make juice, I like to make juice and I would play Cobra Kai on my phone in Spanish. And that's kind of a net thing and it's kind of a habit stacking thing. Um, 
And that was awesome because I think one of the first times I got a joke in Spanish was when I watched Cobra Kai. And then I was like, oh, I laughed at this in Spanish and I didn't really have to translate it in my head. And it was just funny to me. Um, and so it was another way, like it kind of measured my progress measuring thing. Um, and also my, my partner, she likes to watch movies in different languages. So sometimes we'll, we'll watch movies in Spanish and then watch them with the subtitles on as well. So I do like to mix up the way I engage with it. So sometimes it's, you know, made in Mexico and no subtitles. And I just like immerse myself in it. Other times I watch stuff with English subtitles. Other times I watch things that I've seen in English and then watch them dubbed in Spanish and just kind of sprinkle it up, mix it up. I've, I'm a person that doesn't like to do the same thing a lot. I like to mix it up a lot. I get bored with things. So I think TV is a good way to mix things up, especially if you are creative with how you engage with it and what you do with it. Sometimes I would get real deep with it. Um, Netflix on your mobile device, you can change the speed. So I like watch some Cobra Kai, like watch, you know, just like uh, a, a couple lines at regular speed, then go back and watch it at half speed and then try to watch it a few times and then like repeat it back and then go back and watch it at normal speed. So you can also kind of make it a training tool as well. Um, there's a thing you can do where you, uh, I forget what they call it, but basically you play something in Spanish, you, you listen really close, and then after every line or two, you can like pause it and then say it back and then you keep going. Um, and that's a fun thing to do. So there's kind of a lot of ways you can use it to engage as a tool. Because it's just like, I'm all about getting the language into my head and into my body in any way that I can. And I really like to think about being a Spanish version of myself. So a Spanish version of myself would watch Spanish TV. <laughs> it's kind of part of it. And yeah, I, it's fun too. So like I said, I like to do things fun. So fun for me. <laughs> so you've mentioned a lot of really diverse study strategies. And I think for a lot of learners, there's the risk of spreading themselves too thin and trying to do too much. But it sounds like you found a way to really balance using a bunch of different things so that you don't get bored and that, you know, you are motivated to pick up your study with maybe something different and fresh um, each day. So how do you manage so many different methods without spreading yourself too thin? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I don't even know. I have to think about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, part of it is like the sprinkles and the net. Like it sounds like a lot when you list it all out, um, but I'm not doing all of those things every day. And I'm, kind of mix it up different days and just kind of get in where I can. And it's interesting what like with the net and the power sprinkle and the habit stacking, which it kind of like almost feels effortless because it's just kind of infused into my day. And I, I gradually built up too. So like the thing that I built first was my morning routine with the listening to the music. And that's kind of like my anchor, like my foundation. And um then I kind of stack it up on that and build. And like I said before too, like acceptance is part of it. So if I don't do all those things, or if I do start to feel spread too thin, I can calibrate, I can change up and I can accept and, and do that. And I also just remember my main goal, why I started, which was just to basically, like I said, just to talk to my neighbors in Spanish um, and just to talk to people. And, and since then I've talked to other people in Spanish and it's been really fun. And that's my main goal. So everything else is kind of to that end. So it, it can seem like a lot of things if you list them on paper, 
but I kind of think of it all as one thing. And that really helps. It's just Spanish is Spanish, right? It's this, this awesome, cool thing that's, that's ancient and will be around long after we are. And I'm just happy to get in with the flow. Like I said, the lazy river thing, you know, a lot of, and it's a mindset thing too. Like a lot of when things seem like a lot or seem like too much, it's because of the way I'm thinking about it. So if I'm just relaxed and just kind of get in what I can, when I can, then I feel pretty good about it. And then again, like the thing I said, Benny, you know, practice what excites you to practice. it. So if I'm paying attention and that took me some practice, <laughs> some practice of paying attention to what excites me and what doesn't. So a lot of like when I went through the first challenge, I learned a lot about what excites me and what doesn't. So now I can do things that excite me. And um, when I do things that excite me, it's easy, easy to do more things, things that fill me with energy as opposed to things that drain my energy. So even though it kind of seems like a lot, I try to make sure I do things that that fill me with it, keep me going. So you were saying before that one of your dreams is to be like this polyglot host of a of a party. So I'd love to hear what is your your long term plan with languages? Like, how do you see yourself arriving at that point someday? What's going to happen with your Spanish moving forward? And how are you going to? Uh, develop your language learning routines to make them a core part of your life in the future? That's an amazing question. And honestly, it's probably something I need to think a little deeper on and maybe kind of write out a roadmap for. But uh, one thing is like Shannon said, I'm part of the community coaches now. And that has been really motivational to keep me going. And I've made a lot of friends in the, in the challenges, uh, people that are just really inspiring language learners. and um there's people that know like like shannon like 16 languages like people that are up to 30 languages like what like that's possible like if someone can learn 30 languages i can surely learn five or six <laughs> um but yeah so one of my one of my goals is just to keep keep showing up and keep listening to lots of music and keep loving it and just keep nurturing my love of language that's and i'm gonna keep learning spanish i'm actually learning, I'm writing a song in Spanish and like learning some cover songs in Spanish. And that's kind of like my goal with language is to get to the point where I can do some cover songs and also write some songs in the language. So, and that helps me to like create balance in my life. Like, oh, I got from spreading myself too thin. I kind of merge Spanish and music together. So now my music practice is my Spanish practice and my Spanish practice is my music practice. So, so I'm going to keep doing that. Um, and of course, that leads to me releasing music and meeting people that like music, um, meeting people who are into fashion and dancing so I can actually get the network to have the party, to actually have the party part. And then as far as the language learning part, like I'm just going to like work on Spanish until I'm feeling like I'm flowing with it pretty good with music. And there was a moment a couple of years ago at my neighbor's house, the, they're Mexican, they had a guitar and they were like singing and this guy was singing and he tried to hand me the guitar. And it's like, here, just sing. And I was like, no, I, I, I was working on getting over terrified of being sing, singing in front of people. And at the time, I couldn't really play the guitar that well. And it was like, uh, but like ever since then, I was like, man, I really want to be able to like play, uh, play the guitar and sing a song in Spanish uh, for the neighbors. So that's a goal of mine. And then I'm just going to do that with, with the next language. It's going to be hard to choose what the next languages are because like I want to learn a lot. Um, but I'm going to kind of go with the flow because what helped me to choose Spanish was I had Spanish neighbors. Like there was an opportunity there. So I feel like 
the opportunity to learn the next language will present itself. But I'm gonna just keep I'm gonna keep showing up, keep being involved in the challenges, and just keep learning languages every day. And if I fall off for a week or two, you know, that probably won't happen again, but it might. I don't know. <laughs> but that's definitely one thing I because even on that two weeks, I still listen to some music. Um, I didn't like track it if I listened to it every day, but it wasn't like. Uh, but I didn't study or talk to people or do a lot of things. So it was pretty much two weeks of name, two and a half weeks, really. I was just super busy, like packed from brim to brim every day. But yeah, just gonna, I, I really appreciate that question. I think I am going to do some after this, probably do some more thinking on that in terms of what my more concrete plan would be. But I think that's something that's good to do. But yeah, I think just, just keep going at it and keep loving it and keep making music and keep talking people i i love like we have a indian every time i hear a new language i want to learn that we have a indian restaurant in town and i was there listening to the people i think they're speaking punjabi and they play like punjabi rap in there and i'm like this sounds so cool <laughs> um just gonna keep like stacking up making that list and seeing which language is gonna excite me next i think uh, after spanish and where the opportunity is to speak to people and the interesting thing about when I getting into more languages is there's opportunity everywhere. I used to not think there was people who spoke my, you know, spoke other languages around me that much. Other, you know, Spanish, but you know, I didn't know there was people who spoke Punjabi that that live around here. You know, but there's all kinds of languages. We got our, we went and had a manicure and a pedicure, and they're speaking uh, Vietnamese, and I loved listening to that. And I've learned these like listening skills where I can really like listen closely and pay attention to like the flow of their words and stuff. And even if I don't know the, the, what the words mean, I feel like I'm getting something from just listening because of the way that I listen, which also helps, you know, for my musical background too. So that's something I will continue to do is anytime I hear another language, I'm going to try to be in that moment and really listen to it because that's, that's really exciting for me. So one of the questions that we like to ask all of our guests is what is your definition of language hacking? My definition of language hacking. That's yeah. I haven't like thought of something really pithy. Um, that's a good question. It's yeah. I mean, I have all these like language hacks, you know, that I like to do like the net. Um, and using the TV and just, but my definition of it, I think it's just language hacking is, is, is finding those leverage points. You know, it's finding those, those points of leverage that give you a lot of return for a little bit of effort. It's finding those places where you can really get, yeah, a lot of, a lot of success. Like you feel a lot of progress from something that maybe wasn't as challenging. Like, like before when I was learning languages, it felt very challenging and I never really felt that much progress. Even when I took French for five years in high school, that was challenging, but I never spoke to a French person. Um, I didn't have any hacks. All I had was the book and the teacher. <laughs> and, you know, you, you spend, you go to the class, you spend hours on homework. That's not very hack-like. Um, so a language hack is, yeah, I would say a leverage point, something that's easy and creates a lot of success. Very good answer. Well, this has been a fascinating interview. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll make sure to have links to your stuff in the show notes if people want to see more about you and your music. And uh, I hope to hear more of your story as you move forward with your future challenges. 
Awesome. Thank you, Benny. It's been an honor and a pleasure. I appreciate it. And thank you, Shannon. Thank you. And until the next time, I wish everybody listening a very happy language learning. Happy language learning. At the end of each podcast interview, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our conversation with our guests. And this is something that you can try out in your own language learning over the next week. So Benny, what was your takeaway from our conversation with Zach? I really liked his answer about how he deals with losing his streak and having those nay days. And he's saying that like, you have to look at it logically because logically being hard on yourself doesn't give you any, any benefit whatsoever. And ultimately, you're the only person in charge of feeling bad. So I know that's a lot easier said than done, that you can't exactly turn your emotions off. But it is important to remind yourself of that, uh, that if you share this with other people, if you're part of a community like The Challenge, people will respond well. I know it feels like you shouldn't share with somebody that you've lost this streak uh, because they're going to make fun of you or they're you're just going to get a negative reaction, but you will get support if you have people who you can share these setbacks with, and they'll give you the extra motivation to get back on top. He said that ultimately this was just over two weeks that it happened. And if you really think about it and compare it to other times in your life when you may have dipped in and out of the language, the two weeks is not that big a deal if you compare it to two years. That, Like he said, he was on Duolingo for since 2014 or something dipping in and out and it's only really now that it's happened so if someone listening to this has kind of lost the momentum maybe it's been a couple of weeks maybe even a couple of months but that's not really that big a deal if you compare it to previously in your life when you may have been out of it for a much much longer stretch of time so lots of great takeaways from how to deal with losing your streak and getting back on top and uh, what was your big takeaway I would have to say that it wasn't any one thing in particular that he said, but more this mindset that I picked up from him in our chat. And that is his very go with the flow attitude. I tend to be overly structured and a major planner. So for me, it's like things need to be scheduled or planned out or mapped into my routine. And I think I might be missing out on some opportunities to learn or use my languages because I'm not so much taking advantage of opportunities when they come up um, with that more go with the flow mentality. Like, what do I feel like doing today? Well, instead of planning it out, actually do what I feel like doing rather than what I've decided in advance I need to do. And it could be a good way to not only change up my routine a little bit um, and make sure I'm getting more time in, but also to make what I'm doing a little bit more enjoyable. So, you know, I tend to be stick to the same routine. It's like, I know what works. So I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to study my vocabulary every day. But like, what if I just spent my 30 minute reading, which I absolutely love doing instead, you know, I'm going to get just as much out of it and probably enjoy it a little bit more rather than sticking to like my super strict structure. So I would have to say it would be that um, and looking for opportunities to just do things a little bit different than I've been doing them, which is very routine, very structured. So that's my takeaway. All right. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. We 
mentioned the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, which is a 90-day program where you aim to have a 15-minute conversation at the end of that 90 days. And you can learn more about it and join us at languagehacking.com slash challenge. And until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave us a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Alice Semino, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.